Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Dan and Ethan here recording live from the Happy Paddling studio basement. And uh, excited to be back on the air. You know, last time we did this, we swore we wouldn't wait as long between podcasts. And uh, Ethan and I have both made some time to get together and get some more of these out for you guys. That's because you're your own shipping agent. Ever so important these days, right? Yes, I have definitely been on the road, and you've been gracious enough to let me park my rig in your driveway uh, several times already this month. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know, gas prices. What were you paying for diesel this trip? I paid over $7 a gallon in California, and for the first time ever, I put $200 in my fuel tank, and the pump shut off before my tank was full. <laughs> Airplane ticket. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> exactly. It's... uh. You know, when you're at that price, so you you probably average like 10 miles to the gallon with your truck and trailer and camper, right? Yep, 10, 11. Yeah. So every 10 minutes, if you're going 60 miles an hour, you're spending $7. Oh my God, that's crazy. Because I was in the car for probably 14 hours yesterday. <laughs> so you make a wrong turn and have to backtrack yeah. for 10 minutes and you just drop seven bucks, six pack of beer. <laughs> or whatever that's crazy when you say it because i actually did make a wrong turn yeah. on the way home from oregon I, I mean uh washington spokane today i was driving and then the road said veer left but for whatever reason uh the image popped up on my phone on the directions but it didn't come through the audio and i just blew right past it so i had myself a good 10 minute detour today i saw your clip like from instagram and then you told me when you got here that the wind was just kicking so you went through the columbia gorge and it was just right like right across the dam there uh, by Tri-Cities, right? It was howling. I've never seen it like that. So there's so much water coming down to Columbia right now. All the tributaries are just massive amounts of water. We're hearing about that flooding in Montana as going on right now as we speak. And anyway, there's just so much water coming down out of all the tributaries going into the Columbia. And then you mix that with a 30 mile an hour wind opposing that current. And there were literal waves the size of school buses breaking in the middle of the Columbia River today. Yeah, that is just some some force. I mean, yeah, which way is the downwinder going? <laughs> Whenever you've had the current that way and the wind's coming the other way, you'd just be stacked, surfing standing waves, basically. Exactly. It would be a tide race. It yeah. would be incredible. I was thinking the whole time I would give anything to be in my surf ski out there surfing those waves. But you were driving. But I was driving instead. <laughs> um, yeah, the... You know, we're in the middle of June of, of 2022, and I just read the other day, Portland has had the wettest April, May, June in recorded history. Yeah, Portland's such a huge, that's kind of our barometer for the kayak market in our territory. I mean, Portland does a lot of business for us. And I just got a text message from one of my shops there, a picture of their rental container on the Willamette River where they normally rent kayaks, about a foot underwater. They're not renting any kayaks. You know what I mean? This, these are like normal, you know, two to $5,000 weekends and they're getting goose eggs. I mean, last we talked, we were kind of going into the spring and it was a little cold. Economy was doing what it was doing. And we kind of had this kind of giddy apprehension almost like, oh, it's kind of scary, you know. And I think now middle June, it's reached a point where people are like, what is going on? And, um, you know, I was I went into this spring just really excited about the demo season, made a whole graphic. This is where we're going to be and everything and stuck to it and have made a lot of events. And we've had one that had the type of weather that you're like, you got to get out here, you know, yeah, rained out, winded out, cold. Um, and, you know, people are like, oh, how about that economy on your business? And if there's one thing that we are, it's sun farmers, weather farmers, right? Kayak shops. It's just if it's cold, <laughs> you know, you can't push against that tide. Yeah, if it's cold or if it's windy, like I was in Spokane and we we're I was dropping off a, a load of boats today. And it was 53 degrees, drizzly, and howling wind. You can't sell kayaks. I mean, you could sell some kayaks. There's always somebody looking, but there's no substitute for sunshine in 70s. 80s, 90s. I mean, the enthusiast, <laughs> <laughs> the enthusiast market is going to paddle, right? So, you know, someone listening to this is like, whatever, I was paddling yesterday. And like, right. I know you were and you're awesome. And But the, the thing that our shops depend on, of course, is new paddlers, fair weather folks that just this is what they do when it gets hot and you look toward the water and you know there hasn't been a day of in where i live here in bend that it says like oh it's so hot i gotta get to the water that definitely hasn't happened and then this rain which is comes for a couple days um 
I mean, it's making what my employee Nick would call the hero dirt for mountain biking. So even some of the folks that are enthusiasts for outdoors, they're biking right now. For sure. And it's that good. I haven't made the switch yet. I'm a big time mountain biker and I ride all winter long. I'm a coach for the mountain bike team. But then typically come April, it starts getting warmer and I get start, I get drawn to the water, Yeah. you know, and then I want to paddle all the time and it's like this prime paddle season. But even me, I haven't fully made that switch yet. I mean, I've gotten out and gone paddling. But there's definitely been a lot of days off where it's been windy and it's been wet and I have just found other things to do with my time. So I'm as, I'm as guilty as anybody. I mean, I was really excited for the demo season, like I said just a second ago. And I was like, oh, back in front of big people, pop-up tents. And we've had a little bit of that. Um, it's funny to say because going pre-pandemic, you know, the reps were like, what do we need to do these demos for? Right. There's always that there's like, and then it went away for a couple of years. Like I need to get back in front of folks and see them paddling and hear their story and share my passion and, and uh, help the stores in that manner. And I think the weather's one part of it about it, but I also think there's just been a little bit, I mean, you had that paddle fest and you got a lot of people together in one place celebrating paddling. And I think that was great, but I think there's a little bit also of going on of just like shopping fatigue, like Nick, um, who works with me is like, you know, I think, I think we need to do more just like thank you events, which is what yours was essentially like, let's get the community together. And that resonated really well. Mm-hmm. And maybe a little bit of the demo day as it's being is kind of the, I don't know, we've been sold so much through our algorithm and Facebook and social media for the last couple of years in particular, everything kind of feels like a, maybe a massive Tupperware party totally. a little bit. And people are like, I, and my one day off, I don't necessarily want that. Also, I think during the pandemic, people figured out other ways to try out boats. There's more social groups. You can jump in a friend's boat and check it out that way. Like Facebook has brought in more and more groups together. And I've seen that. And I thought that the you know folks would be desperate to find opportunities to go to a big demo day. And we've had some good attendance uh, when the weather was uh, good. But it might be shifting a little bit compared to what we wanted. We were going to talk about what we were talking about earlier. It's like... 15, 10 years ago, the big demo day where it was like, this is my chance. This is when I try everything. This mm-hmm. is what I wait for. And I mean, even the bike industry has gone a little bit away from that, right? Like they don't. I agree. I think, I think you were right on the head when you said it's more of a, I don't know about a thank you, but almost an appreciation for the sport day. Yeah. And that's what we really tried to do with our own paddle fest was try to make it a day where we celebrate paddle sports in our town. We get live music, there's food trucks, there's you know boats all up and down the beach it's not necessarily so much about demoing it's about hanging out on the water making that your first day where you dust off your gear and you come out and you uh you know you just go paddle around the lake splash around the lake um and i think a lot of these mountain bike you know what used to be big demo days have turned into you know you go to sedona and yes you can ride new bikes but you're also there to check out the new trails to ride hobnob with some of the pros or some of the industry experts and things like that. It's more of a celebration, you know, grab some beers with your buddies afterwards. And maybe that's the mature community, right? Yeah. Now it's a mature community and there might be a vendor out there with a pop-up tent, just wrench it. Like I saw that at Phil's trail here, mountain bike. There was just a, one of the vendor pivot bicycles had like three tents lined up and you know, I wasn't advertised anywhere. I think maybe they just went up and poached it and like hung out, you know, like but it, it wasn't like, yeah. And, I, and it kind of created a little community cause there was music coming out of their tent and it was just, it, and there was enough bikers up there. The parking lot was full that it wasn't about the product demo, the pop-up tent vendor. It was just like, Oh, that vendor's kind of hanging out in the community. We'll try some stuff. But the community was getting together and just biking because it was a perfect weekend for it. People yeah. were playing. Um, I think we could take a lot away from mountain bike industry. Yeah, I guess that's, a good job. I guess that's why. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of why I brought it up because it's two things that boom during pandemic, right? We're coming out of, out of some of the, some of the effects of that. And now I'm, and I keep looking at my colleagues on another industry to like, how are they doing it? What's resonating? Um, so just a state of the Northwest and the West coast where Dan and I are located um, I'm in central Oregon. He lives in Redding, Northern California, but we travel around the West and into Montana, Idaho. I had uh, one shop in Montana say that uh, last year, this time they sold 230 kayaks year to date. And this year they were at 33. 
Wow. And they have five stores in Montana. So that was all their stuff. So it just hadn't turned on. And then this morning had a call from another dealer up in the uh, Flathead Lake area who told me there was snow in the mountains in town this morning that he woke up to, you know, like within ice. Yeah. So, um, so I guess we're just still maybe in April. I mean, that's what I think could be is essentially it still feels like, and it gets sunny in the day, you know, and the, and people come out and they look toward the water the same way that you and I, I mean, if we're not necessarily drawn daily to the water, but tell me about your last paddle. What have you been, where'd you go? What'd you do? So I have been doing a little bit of paddling. I am um, helping head up an event called Paddle Reading in my hometown and working with a local kayak shop, Headwaters Adventure Company, working with Visit Reading uh, to create this paddling event that's two months long over summer, June and July, 12 different iconic paddles all within an hour of Reading. You know, it could be cool little mountain lakes. It could be the Sacramento River. Uh, there's just lots of neat little pockets. And we wanted to get people out this summer, checking out new places, give them an excuse to use the kayaks they bought over the past couple of years. And uh, so I've been trying to check off the list myself. You know, I'm kind of helping on the social media front. So I figured I better be out there uh, videotaping and talking about the different paddles. So that's got me on the water a little bit. Um, I have not been paddling as much as I like. We've had some some life events pop up and uh you know my son was in the hospital for a few days over memorial day weekend uh his actually the very weekend he was born it was his birthday and we were in the er but uh so that kept us off the water kept uh refocused us for a few days but um yeah i'm looking forward to going to some of these demo days paddling with some of the shops and you know get back on the water well i'm glad your son's okay followed that along and um that is puts everything into perspective and um what a tough guy too i saw him smiling like in in the hospital right i mean yeah you know um just he was a trooper man i mean poking and prodding and all the things they do in a hospital and it was his first time i think it was the first time i've ever had a kid go under an anesthesia so you know it's yeah it's nerve-wracking for sure but uh thankful to be on the other side of that one well maybe he can get out on uh the you know the reading um get his paddle passport going oh he will for sure yeah i mean in fact i just uh i used him as a poster child because he has a you know those little well, of course you know the lifetime wave kayaks yeah. that he sold me yeah um he's got one of those and he just rips around on that thing all the time he loves it so much those things are awesome my kids are kind of aging out of those and i can't get rid of them it's like, why wouldn't I have one of these, you know, going up for a barbecue with friends and just throw that down? I used to call it the babysitter. I mean, you'd yeah. put that on the beach. It, could, it really only goes so far. And even when it was sitting on the beach, my kids were like using the curves of the boat to launch, you know, matchbox cars into the water or whatever, you know, it just totally. Was, yeah. And they, two kids will jump on that thing. One will get on the back, kick the other one around. Um, and I have two of them and we keep them out of the lake on our sailboat. And the kids paddle those more than any other kayaks, for sure. I, you know, I hear this like, "There's don't let friends buy box store boxed boats from a box store," and like that's the case. Like I have so many photos of my kids laughing, smiling, jumping off of that thing, you know, yeah. which was definitely sold out of a box in a box store, and like, literal you like know, a Pez so dispenser. Looking down your nose, and also like looking down your nose at that category of boat, I think is ridiculous. Now taking something like that in inappropriate waters, you know, then 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 you have problems um whether it be an adult boat or a kid boat um I, i'm really intrigued by the reading paddle you know um i'm sorry what'd you call it again yeah, uh, paddle reading we, we call I'm it so the sorry. paddle reading passport yeah and the passport idea that you you um brian at headwaters adventure company the owner of the store said within like the first day you had 120 downloads of basically like a printout piece of paper right yeah and i mean that that's a, that's a lot for people that's saying, yeah, I want to go paddle at these 12 places, like pretty darn for in one day. And I just really intrigued about that idea of like show people what they can do in their area. I have this with mountain biking. Um, you know, I hate to keep going back to that, but two weeks ago you were up here or three weeks ago and, or whatever. And we went mountain biking, um, I don't really know all the trails, but somebody led me to the trail and then it was great. So are right. you with this passport, you're just listing the lake. Are you putting actual like map coordinates on it? Like, is it really making it simple for people to know where they can go anywhere on these different lakes? Yeah. So we, we created a, um, a website for the challenge, obviously, uh, that has the 12 different locations and some of them are, will actually be four different locations at the same lake. And so 
what we're wanting people to do is like, okay, you're going to launch at Oak Bottom and paddle to Boulder Creek. Sure. So we're sort of curating these experiences or you're going to launch at Whiskey Creek and paddle to the bridge. Uh, you know, there's just a few paddles that we know you're going to go out and you're going to enjoy. It's not like you have to follow a Strava course like you would on a mountain bike. Uh, it's more like saying, put in here, do this. And then what I hope to do uh, throughout the course of the challenge is paddle all the places and have an Instagram story that's highlighted uh, for the paddle reading page, as well as little YouTube videos that say, hey, here's where we're going. Here's where we put in. Here's what you can expect to see. And then we'll have this catalog of videos that we can then use for you know, things like visit reading, or if we do this event next year, which I would expect we would do have this catalog that we can kind of pull from. And f it's just my way to participate and have fun with it too and bring people along. I think, I mean, I think this is one of the more unique things in a couple of decades in this business, the demo day, where we do another demo days. And then you're like, no, we're going to do this thing and bring and meet people out there. And it already kind of ties you into the community, of the shop. If somebody wants to try a different boat on one, then they can rent, you know, it's like, it kind of does back to that idea of like all inclusive. Exactly. You know, that's one of the things I like what Brian's doing is he's doing some shop paddles where people can come out for free, join him, hop on the water and, you know, he'll lead you on one of the trips. Uh, I think he's got a few of those scheduled out throughout summer. And I really think it's a smart community builder and it's something I can just slide right into and augment with a few of my own demo boats, um, you know, maybe a little social media promotion and sort of make it a bigger thing that than was, it otherwise would be. That's exactly what we were just talking about yeah. with the bikes. It's so funny. I mean, it wasn't really, I'm stealing yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, no, that's exactly it. Um, well, that's really cool. And it kind of gets you out paddling for us. And like maybe thinking about, Oh, I'm gonna take this boat on that one and try some different boats. Yeah, uh, for sure. It's always good for me to be on the water, but more importantly, I spent a lot of time paddling alone the past two years and I always built everything on community and I feed off other people's energy and I make videos on questions other people's ask, you know, like I get inspired when somebody asks a simple question. I say, you know what? I can make a video on that. So I, I need that like feedback in my life from other people. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I think that's in a musician you know, world. That's what they do it for. It's like, I need that thing, energy back from the crowd. Like you're very much that way. Um, that's, that's, uh, it's an admirable thing. I think it's, uh, we all try to find places in our life that we can be a hub. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun. Um, you know, we were talking about demo days and demo days over the years have always been sort of the industry standard. And we have some hilarious stories, you know, sometimes they work out and they're awesome, but sometimes it's like the worst thing you can possibly imagine doing with your time for a weekend. Like you're so like locked in and trapped. I, we've had some demo events where you're literally, you go into the event and you don't leave for the entire week and you almost feel like you're in jail because you can't really get in and out. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Your trailers there. You're like, I'm not giving up this trailer spot. I'm parked in. I mean, actually I, I always judge that as a great demo. If I can come in and just lock in, like, even if it's a poor, I'm like, at least I didn't have to move. I could settle in. I made this park my camp, you know? Um, Right, because you kind of a lot of times you want to leave your gear on the beach if it's an overnight deal. Yeah, I don't ever feel comfortable, and they're like, "No, we got to leave." We'll have a security, and then you're like, "Who is it?" And it's a giant beach in a very a park that's super accessible. Yeah, um, probably the biggest like annual uh, super demo day was Alder Creek Kayak and Canoe at Lake Vancouver, um, which is on the actually in Washington, um, down kind of this long road through the del like a uh, flats grass delty area and then this big lake opens up relatively um shallow but big and it's basically a backwater lake of the columbia river uh, and there's about a 200 300 yard slog through wet grass oh my god and that's what you got to carry all your gear and so you dry to drag a few and then you're like that's exhausting and you're in rubber boots so you're getting like the trench foot you know unloading the whole day uh -huh. and their crew is doing the same with all their boats that they bring for teaching and, and, and kind of the basic rental area of the demo day weekend. It was a Friday load in all day, Saturday, all day, Sunday. And then that 300 yard slog with all the boats back. So for me, there were a few years that we could stay in there. Um, they would, you know, we got permission. The park has since tightened up a little bit and kick us out, but I was with another rep, our friend Kurt and it's like, we're here for the weekend. And this was back in the younger days. And I was like, but well, we got to go out with the crew and, maybe grab some beers and a little bit of food. So down this road back, we went to town and when we came back, the gates were closed. And this was early on. I still lived in Portland. 
but there was a golf cart path or a bike path. I'm sorry, but as wide as kind of paved golf cart style path. Uh-huh. And as we're coming in the gate, I see the gate. And I'm like, Kurt, the gate's closed. He's like, go around it. You know, and I saw the path. I was like, oh, my God, this is so easy. I'm going to go around the path. <laughs> Winter. And then this is, you know, one in the morning. And, uh, oh my you God. know, we went around that thing. And then, you know, their little quarter mile turned into the big park park. And great. This is awesome. You know, and uh, I get out and my two left tires are just shredded flat. <laughs> and they had the spikes and they're just shredded flat. And my truck and camper is on its side a oh little my gosh. bit, you know. So they had the one-way spikes and you drove on, right over On them. a bike path. Oh, that's hilarious. With no signage. We're going 2530. You know, I just drove over on both. I had moved west with uh, my girlfriend, Robin, who had come out of college. When I'd been a rep for a couple years, and she was in law school, and things were just, we were going in separate directions. But I called her that Sunday morning. I was like, I need you to come out here in your car and take my two tires <laughs> into, like, Vancouver, into, like, a car place to get both of these repaired, a tire place to get both these repaired while I worked the demo. Oh my gosh. And uh, so she came and I worked this wet demo and then had to do that 200, 300 yard slog and then get like, I think she came down and I, I, I knew the writing was in the wall. I was going to be hearing about this coming home that night. Yeah. This can't end well, yeah, especially if you're already on the Just rocks. because there's, you know, what, how do you have two flat tires? You know, what were you up to? Basically <laughs> it was one of those things. Yeah. Well, she's like, a, you know, studying law. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so I ended up, you know, doing the slog, loading all my boats and then putting on two tires. Kurt stayed with me. Kurt's been around a lot of my troubles <laughs> over the many years. Um, got to have a mentor and like a, uh, yeah, but you know, I miss, I think I'm missing that a little bit in demos. You have family. I have a family. We're coming in the morning before we have, there's a demo this weekend and every single rep was like, oh, I'll come in in the morning. You know, there's no, the night before hijinks. Um, but anyway, it, I, I got the tires changed and got out of there and, you know, I drove out there that day, daylight, you see these massive spikes. <laughs> what were we doing? <laughs> what were we doing? Oh man. So, but being able to stay on, on site, you're right. You're kind of locked in that time. I definitely was locked in. Oh, I just remember like one time we did the paddle California thing. Uh, it wasn't called paddle California. What was that big demo day? We did like barrier Bay Area paddle, paddle fest. fest. Oh yeah. And just being so locked in for the weekend. We now, I never left the beach or the parking lot. And I remember you found like some gypsy musicians traveling with their bikes and their instruments. Yeah, Bay Area, like they were doing a green, we're going to go on music tour from like Berkeley. Like, yeah. you know, call like musicians, good musicians. And yeah. they were camping in that park. Like they yeah. were trying to poach a spot and we were kind of poaching a spot in the parking lot. It ended up being this amazing jam session outside. Totally. I had a guitar, ended up playing with them. And yeah, they were like really good musicians. Right? Yeah, it was like, incredible. like they were pro and they were... Yeah, it, you know, chance meetings like that hap- would happen at these things, and um, I do miss that, and that's kind of what we put all these events on. But, you know, the staff of the stores, the owners, they're tired, and so even, you know, they're not really necessarily up for it, and you and we're kind of like, I got to get back to emails. There's more of that coming. It's more dynamic with inventory. Well, especially when you got a family. Like, I, don't, I can't afford a weekend of just going and sitting in a parking lot and I mean, that all sounds fun and dreamy, but like, not anymore. I've got three kids and like my <laughs> oldest is into so many things and like all these areas. So to be like, Hey, I'm going to leave for the weekend. I, I got to feel like I'm getting the most out of that time. And, uh, I mean, I guess that's, that's changed a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, when I started repping, you know, I'd be in Montana, you know, I or whatever, but Hey, Loxa's in, Loxa's in, we're going to be hanging out for six days, man. We're not going <laughs> like all the reps would say that. And just, they were out, they were on the river, like the, in the, basically the tour the rep tour was like basically a follow the water and kind of follow the scene and uh i mean i did make choices early on in that i remember being like nope i gotta beat it i gotta go down the road and um yeah you know and i mean that's definitely as a rep you know for me I had worked at Alder Creek when I first came out here in Portland and there were folks that I worked with that were kind of young and new to boating as, and I'd had a little background. We were whitewater boating together. And then some of those folks stayed as instructors and shop owners and mm-hmm. did 10 or 15 years where you're on the water like that, that community within a store. And then us reps kind of went down the road and a lot of us just became, you know, more of the, um, the ones that stayed and boated for six days may or may not be in, you know, doing it as much anymore. It's just such a requirement in terms of 
some of our company, you know, the longer lead times on product, the idea of needing of growth, that part has changed a little bit. And I think back in the day, uh, as it was just budding, everybody was kind of taking what came as it came. As it, and now there's expectations like we got to get, we had those pan, you know, we ordered into those numbers of the pandemic, right? <laughs> totally. You know? Yeah. It's been a complete shift in the past few years from a laid back fun. You're like getting people into the sport and part of the getting people into the sport. You know, I come from a different background. Obviously, I haven't always been a sales rep, but I had a shop. And uh, and then before that, I was a shop manager. And it was all about, for uh, for our shops, it was all about community and getting people on the water. And so having all these events and all these fun things that people would come to and spending three or four days promoting paddle sports and just being super immersed in that was a, a total blast. Um, yeah, you know, no, I, maybe, maybe that's what's changed so much for me is when I was a shop owner, I felt like I controlled my own destiny a little bit. So like if I put more effort into an event, I would get more out of it. Whereas now you're there to augment what somebody else is doing. And I feel like, like you said, shop owners being tired, there's, it's just a little bit less energy coming from the retailer. And if you can't augment it, yeah, I mean, for good reason, right? There also, there's a lot of stress. They have a lot of inventory. It's been cold. That's, I think. And we haven't done it for a couple of years. I feel like people are rusty. There's a lot of new buyers and new managers yeah. in these stores. Yeah, or yeah, or maybe even less staff in some capacity as people are moving on to something. I think that has happened. I think in the very, there's something fundamental where you they there might be an idea of like the rah-rah event maybe they're going back into it reluctantly or whatever, but I, I've noticed that too, that the energy wasn't quite there. Um, but I'm looking forward to the opportunities that present themselves because I know, you know, when the tough gets or things get tough, the tough get going. And I feel like that's where the opportunity and the fun always is, is when like somebody's thinking creatively on their feet, they're going to make it happen. It's a little, it's going to be a little bit less about the money and there might be a lot of people that leave the industry, but the people that stick around will, yeah, be Maybe the be the original another another run of community builders, right? Mm -hmm. So it brought me to something. I came up with like hitting all the notes. This thing of hitting all the notes a while back, and it was like, you know, what does a paddle sports retailer um, have to? You know, what are the components of success? The recipe of success for retailers. But then I started thinking more and more about kind of everything that you do in life. I came up with this like musicianal thing, A through G, the notes, right? A, B, C, D, E, F, acronym style. Yeah, I love this. Um, I've, I, I, I've read it a few times, I mean, but I need to hear it. Go well, ahead. Well, uh, it relates to a lot of stuff. The A is the, like, let's just say it's a store, but I think you can do this with like sports that you're into or music. If you're a musician and you're into the music, like how, how to really go all in on something. You want to be a sketch artist or, you know, you want to learn how to paint. Um, so always on the water. Like if you're a store owner or a, a rep or whatever, it, or you're getting into guitar playing, you should always just have the guitar around or always be on the water. B is for a store is being in stock. That's not a problem right now, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, no, every, no shortage of stock. Right, but you know th that I think if you have a customer walk into your store and they're like, God, they don't have that. And this is the second time I've gone down there. They don't have that. Walking out the door, pull out the phone. There's a habit changing, being made. And so it's not just being in stock. We got boats, paddles, and life jackets. It's like the things that make it more comfortable, particularly now that people bought their boats already over the pandemic. What makes the sport fun? You always said that. Like, I, I like the idea of like the magazine idea that every week the magazine cover changes. So a store kind of has to be in stock with new things coming in. Yeah. It's not just about stuff. being in stock with boats, paddles and life jackets. You're hundred percent right. right. It's, it's about being, having your finger on the pulse of like, what's cool. These new boundary shoes or this, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, the new yak attack black pack just came out. You know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. If you're into fishing, you need to have that on your, on your floor and probably have three or four deep. Uh, following the trends and being in stock of, uh, you know, what people want. Yep. And so, and then, um, you know, I think if you're in some sort of other venture, it's that you have the equipment you need. You've set yourself up in a good environment to do it. You know, C is we've just been talking this whole time, community a store has to a store or a, you know, anything that you're into look toward that community to really inspire you. Um, D is to diversify. And right now I think that's so huge, right? Is that, um, with cold weather, the, the inner tube rental business that just got you all your cash and sent you on vacations, you know, in the off season that might be down right now, but it is cooler. And so maybe having some other 
you know, way, uh, whether it's product that you're getting people or, um, you know, different, different ways to find a movie night at your shop or something like that. Right. Diversified different ways of, I would always do like cold weather paddling clinic, like, all right, so now's the time where you're looking (laughs) at different options to be out there. Here's what I use. Right. I mean, I get to ask that question all the time on my YouTube channel. Yep. I says, cool, you're paddling. What are you wearing? Right. Right. And so, you know, and, or just going at, you know, educational style. Now we're going to do, like you said, more education, um, what, what to wear E and that's what E is, is education. Um, the E note is not just for your community, but also your staff. And this is one that I'm seeing is real suffering, particularly in some of the chain stores and national accounts, you know, is they, they've not had a whole lot of staff and training contact. Whereas the independents still saw us in particular, cause we were delivering stuff, you know, mm-hmm. there was more contact, but some of the, um, you know, the Dick Sporting Goods, as, as an example, you know, there could be new hires that have never had paddle sports training. And it was already minimal, somewhat to begin with, right? And right. they've also been so busy that even getting it on their own, just going home and watching the videos, they're probably were too fried for it. So education of your community, education of your staff, um, that's just an essential note to this. Uh, F is the follow up. And I think that's where we are right now in this time is let's follow up with all those folks that we totally inspired or that we're inspired to get into paddling like and that is where that paddle reading thing is is you're following up and showing them what they can do so it's not necessarily follow up what can we sell you but follow up have you ever paddled at moonlight you know so yeah i'm doing this paddlers rendezvous um right after the fourth of july for four days big group campground and people from all like canoeists particularly from all over the northwest are coming you're hopefully gonna i'll be come, there right yeah I'm looking and, forward to it. and we're just gonna hang out and paddle the local areas and like a nocturnal paddles would be one that I want to do. And then yeah. this last one that you and I were talking about in the kitchen is the G, the give back. And so maybe that's also where we are right now is like, well, how can I be giving back to my community? And I know you have some unique inspirational ideas that are going to be fun to tune in on and see. I don't want to spoiler, uh, you know, give anything well, I just away, think in general, like when you've been, when you get blessed a lot, and I think everyone in paddle sports the past two years has been given a ton it's important that you have that giving mindset to give back, whether that be just getting a group of kids in your town uh, that may not otherwise have a chance to go paddling, give them a chance to go paddling, you know, stuff like that that doesn't even cost you money. It's just your time. Um, We forget to give back. I I feel like as a society, like being very individualist minded, sometimes we forget. Kind of had to, and there was almost an emphasis on it in the pandemic. Like take care of your family, lock it down, get get your toilet paper. Focus on your little bubble. (laughs) But uh, now that we can reach out and do things in the community, uh, I think it's important that we share our love for paddle sports with people outside of our community. We all know it's a battery. It's a battery recharger too. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'll put those in like the, you know, the show notes, this a through G. I didn't want to get into a sermon on it, but I love it was, it, though. it was like, I think, I think we need to find this inspiration again in a lot of ways. Right. And yeah. it might not necessarily be like a purchase order or, you know, a big sale that might be from other things. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to have to like refocus my, double my efforts on some of the other letters. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back. <laughs> otherwise you got a dog that just got into, you know, got into some sort of mess breathing down your back in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just, we, we were, we just had our two dogs got together. Dan has his dog here and they've just been running around in the backyard playing and uh, it started, you know, we started reminiscing about stories of traveling with your animal. I oh, a, man, there's been some good ones. I mean, I've I've always had a dog. Yeah. Like, that's just part of ever since I've been an adult, I've had a dog that goes with me everywhere. <laughs> First, it was Henna. Dax, who, who I still have, but he's kind of getting older and slower. You know, he's a golden retriever. And, you know, I'm lifting him up in the yeah. camp every night. Luna can can still jump. Luna's my new dog. And she was a... Uh, a rescue from Mexico. My business partner went down there over winter to learn Spanish and uh, found this dog outside of a coffee shop with a machete wound across her head and her tail was chopped off. Um, And so she hit me up and sent me a picture of this pathetic little puppy and said, Hey Dan, if I bring this dog home, will you give it a home? And I was like, well, of course. And anyway, this is her first big road trip. So she just did like, 12 hours in the car yesterday, seven in the car today. And, uh, she's been great, man. She, uh, she got here and absolutely 
Ranamuck and tore your dog to pieces. <laughs> She's right now <laughs> sleeping on two bean bags. There's a base <laughs> one and upper and just nestled in it. And I bet that that diesel vibration was just like a little warm. Like I just lulled her into that, you know. Totally. She's a good traveler. I feel like she hit the uh, street dog jackpot. You know, to go from that to uh, the double stuffed beanbag chair over here. <laughs> <laughs> Jackpot. Yeah. And like at my house, all the food scraps just <laughs> in the corners you can you can live off of. Yeah. Um, well, hey, let's uh, take a little bit of break for the, you know, fun sponsors and uh, and we'll get back to it. All right. This episode was brought to you by Level 6 Paddling Gear. If you're on the water, you need good clothing. Level 6 makes some of the best stuff. I use their superior dry top. And it's got latex wrist gaskets, totally waterproof. The thing I love about it the most is it's got a quarter zip neck so I can open it up. I can breathe. But then if I find myself in, you know, wetter conditions where I'm thinking I might swim or I'm in the ocean, whatever, I can zip that all the way up with a semi watertight seal on the neck. I've also got a hood that I can throw up. So it's just a great all around jacket. I use it on my sailboat on really nasty days if I'm out in the bay. And they make all sorts of gear, you guys. They make lifestyle clothes, apparel, dry suits, uh, pretty much everything you need. Check them out, Level 6 Paddling Gear. It's level6.com. Tell them Dan sent you. Episode 5 is brought to you by Happy Paddling Little Suckers. These are just a great little neoprene cuff that goes around the bottom of your can or bottle. And it has basically superpower suction powers to stick on your paddleboard, your canoe, your kayak, your hood of your car. If you're ever hanging out with friends, cracking a cold one, you put your bottle or can on the hood. That There's no such thing as a flat hood. I mean, why, why are you treating the hood of your car like a table? But with little suckers, you can. So check them out at happypaddling.com. We've got a bunch of really cool designs um, of local lakes, waterways, even matching some of the weaves of some of the products out on the market, kayaks and canoes. So just a really fun one. Great gift. You can throw them in the mail to your friend. Happy Pat on Little Suckers. Thanks for sponsoring episode five. So I wanted to talk to you more about demo days and more specifically like bringing your dog with you to events. Uh, Chase and I, your son, we were just upstairs talking about disgusting dogs and how your golden retriever is kind of gross like he drools all the time and then he gets like dirt and nastiness and then he's all up on you and uh you had a dog story of your old dog right bamboo yeah the first chapter you know these dogs mark the chapter of your life and bamboo is my golden from when i moved out here for the first you know 12 years of repping saw me into a family you know and then that next chapter but so he went everywhere. He was great in the boat. You know, he would jump out and swim too and show it as like a demo trick. But we were at the Bay Area Paddle Fest in San Mateo working, the, you know, blowy, sunny, like slightly cool, but still sunny demo day in the Bay for like three days. Friday was an all day setup. I used to put up this massive gazebo tent and it was a long takedown as well. And, um, uh, this his dog hung out next to my tent you know basically the whole time and then as people were leaving i was like oh i can let him off and let him run around yeah and so i let him run around a little bit and we get everything all packed up and he's just like oh my god i hope he's okay but he used always stay around got in the car you know all the boats loaded on the trailers in the truck with the camper and start heading up 101 north so busy san francisco traffic right <laughs> on a right sunday yeah you know to head toward the golden gate i mean i basically with the kayak trailer go right across the golden gate but within like two miles and entering that Sunday evening traffic, I'm like, what is that? And he's sitting in the back seat behind me. I look up in the mirror and he's just <laughs> like that, right? And, yeah. you know, that San Mateo Park, there's a lot of bushes and there's like definitely places where one could make a nice home. <laughs> and Birch had found the bathroom of someone's like bush camp. Oh my God. And got, that's... you know, definitely into just something nasty. And it's breathing down my neck and I can't stop. I can't slow down. I am like, and I have to go across the golden gate. There's nowhere to pull over there at all. You are in the Bay or in San Francisco, you know, and I had a cooler next to me and I opened that thing. And there was a strawberry yogurt, like yo, a yo plate, like strawberry banana. And I was just like, this has got, and I ripped that thing open and just squeezed it over my shoulder, literally like into his mouth. 
<laughs> you know? And it's just like, can I do anything to change the sound smell? So if I smell strawberry, banana, yo plate, yogurt, I'm, you know, it's not good. Oh, like, man. Um, That's disgusting. I mean, yeah, it was bad. And so. Goldens I mean, are the worst about that. I have a Golden 2 Dax. And uh, yeah, he's a disgusting animal they, when it comes to that. They just, they like the stink. Yeah, and, there's something about poop that's just like, like I let him in to go, we have goats. And the first thing he does is like, it's like somebody dropped M&M's out here all over. I'm just going to eat every single one. <laughs> yeah. The well, worst. When we had my dog as a puppy, this current dog, Birch, um, you know, tested at the vet after having him as a puppy. They're like, he's carrying like deer parasites because, but, but you actually can't carry them. It's just, <laughs> they pass through. And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, the, the dogs and the chapters, they, I mean, it's so rewarding to have them with, but then you have, you know, the scenarios like that. So this current, my I, current dog is, he's homebound. Yeah. Well, he's kind of a maniac too. I can't imagine having that dog out on the road. I mean, he's super sweet, but like, he's the dog that just, marks the chapter of three kids needing basically a stuffed animal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like a walking a stuffed animal, like a muppet. drooling stuffed animal. <laughs> I took him on the road a couple of times. He kind of got irritable. Bow- he just got, he just, it was a problem in the camper and the wet and he just, yeah. you know, the tail end just getting nasty and it just oh. couldn't happen. He'd get scared and try to jump up on my bed. And he also doesn't swim, nor does he retrieve. And like, he's actually a great canoe dog because he gets completely gripped. Like if I put him in the canoe, he's just like, find the pad and locks down low. I can like put him and he loves to be held, right? Touched. He's like, he's always leaning up against you. Yeah, I could see that. He would just get right between your legs. Like, I'm so happy you're touching me this whole time. He's almost like riding a pedestal. He just like put him right in there, you know, birch, (laughs) birch pedestal. Uh, My old dog was that way. Hannah, she... Uh, hated the water, but loved the canoe. And we went down a lot of rivers together. And I swear, one time we flipped that canoe over and I'm floating in the river. I was showing somebody a stroke, like goofing off and like tripped over my paddle, basically. Flipped over and immediately grabbed my canoe, flip it back upright. And that dog was all four paws pressed into the tumble home, still riding in that canoe. Yes, that's like, awesome. Like, uh-uh, I ain't swimming. That's awesome. <laughs> that... So I got her to shore, and then to get her back in the canoe, she's like, no, I don't trust you. Like, you don't know how to drive this thing. Like, I'm not going to trust you with my life. Oh, man. A couple, you know, a couple canoe hints with a dog to paddle with. You got any? Oh, paddling with the dog? Yep. Yeah, I mean, I just I've been trying to train Luna lately yep. um, on how to paddle, and one is like making the dog as calm, just sitting in the boat, not letting it get out, but petting it, yeah, letting it get chill before you shove off. Uh, with her, like if she's skittish, she's not going. But if you can love on her for a few minutes, she'll settle down, relax. Such a good piece of advice, and they're also reading you. Like, do you know your boat? So you're also settling yourself down. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not taking off and just rocking right away. And you're just showing like, we have control of this thing. You can kind of lean down, put your whole body over him, give him a hug almost. Right. Yeah, totally. Like, um, I, you know, that coupled with like a nice place where they sit and that's where I love like taking a pad, a canoe pad that I, and I'll even, you know, use one, um, then around the house and like, you know, get their smell on it and they know it's a place to sit and then throw that in the boat, you know, Mm -hmm. or in the back of the truck, they can sit on it too. Like it's all good. And you'll wear them out. They'll beat them down. I like the ones that are thicker that almost take on a little, you know, you don't want them to take on too much water, but like the hair sticks to them a little bit. I know the ones dude, the, uh, the, the one that the old school or no, it's not the old school, the trapezoid tea pad that North star canoe makes is the perfect dog bed because in my van, it was a dog bed. And then we went canoeing. You just threw it in the bottom of a canoe and it was a dog bed. At the camp afterward. It, totally. Yeah. Around the fire. Yeah. It was the best thing. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, the mat kind of wears out kind of quick. Yep. But, you, you know. <laughs> you came I, home. I, so do your sheets. Yeah. You know? yeah I was going to say, I probably got three years out of that thing and it's completely just shredded with dog fur. <laughs> totally. The bottom's go- gone. But uh, so many good memories. A couple other things I'll mention just in the hints. Um, this is, you know, the dog PFD. Some, if your dog can't swim, you know, and it, it does give a great handle to pull your dog back into the, yeah. into the boat. So there are some plus sides of that. I find that if a dog can swim, you, you know, and you can anticipate what kind of swim your dog might have. I mean, a long one down white water PFD is great. Right? For sure. Um, but if it's like going to be maybe on some slow moving water where they can get to shore easily and get out, 
I think you actually have to think about stuff like that and the collar, the dog collar. And that's a tough one too, because you can lose your dog, but I don't like anything that my dog can attach to on a branch. So, and he's definitely verbally within reach. I can be like, come back and he's coming back. But you know, if you have a runner, you got to keep their collar and their tag on them. But it's something to think about with a lot of wood and snags. If you're doing rivers, what, you know, are you putting something on your dog that they'll get Snu- you know, snagged up in basically. Yeah, that's that's a really good thought. Because I don't know that I've ever really given that a whole well, they're, lot of thought. Is they're really, I mean, they're really good in the water. Most dogs are like, I'm getting out of here. I'm going over to this shore. Right. Uh, but if you send them into a snag with something around their neck, like how terrible would you feel too? So you yeah. got to really think it through. I mean, you want to be able to find your dog and if your dog can't swim well, the safety, but. Yeah, I guess we mostly paddle flat water together. We didn't do a whole lot of rivers. I mean, occasionally on the McCallany. Yeah. But yeah, I guess that would be a whole different thing to think about. And, uh, you know, and moving water, just even, you know, slow moving water. That's where a lot of people will take a dog. Cause then, you know, they don't, they can kind of float with their dog. And, yeah. It and sounds it, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So you gotta be, um, I think those are some of the main ones, right? You know, I like, I like sometimes even having just a little towel to throw over the dog. If it's either hot or cold, right. Or like, or, you know, too hot, you can wet it down, put it over them. For sure. If it's, uh, you know, a lot of sun, you can kind of make it like put it over a thwart in a canoe or something and make a little sunshade area. I've definitely made some shades for yeah. dogs and kids over yeah. the years. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Little umbrellas work great for that. I don't know what got us into that. I was just like seeing, looking at our animals here. They're all passed out. And I was like, oh, they're such good companions on the water. Oh man. I'll tell you one story about a dog, my old dog, Hannah, which Luna reminds me a lot of her. She's like the, like a 60 pound, uh, we call her Hannah because she's Hannah colored, like this dark brown you know, just total mutley. We always said she looked like a, a Mexican street dog. And then Luna comes and she is a Mexican street they look dog. They very similar. Super similar. Yep, just a bunch of different breeds in them. Yeah, anyway, one time we were on a canoe trip down the river. And we get out of the canoe and the dog is just running amok and don't really think anything of it. Well, it was in October during the salmon run. And she had found a dead salmon on the bank. Oh. And just rolled in it. Like... She came back to me with this green gelatinous slime <laughs> on her. And I got back and we were at the van and I'm like, I do not, you could not wash this off of a dog. And I'm like, all I have is my van. I cannot let you in my van. What do I do in this moment? Like, do I chain you up here and then go get the truck and come back? I'm like, that's not cool. You can't do that to a dog. Uh, so I put this fish dog into my beautiful van <laughs> it was just you, you, it kind of uh, lost some magic that day that yeah. van lost something yeah. when well, that there's, dog there's moments with a lot of things we own where you lose it you know you're like ah oh, that's it you know yeah, that that'll thing. never be the same after that <laughs> uh but that shows how much we love our animals like i'm not sure if i'd let my kid back you know <laughs> oh man that's excellent well uh now we have the dog barking at us a little bit but uh he's all good out there um so what is what do you have coming? Middle June, what do you have coming around the corner for you here? Okay, so next weekend is the OPS Demo Day. In Oregon Eugene. Paddle Sports, yep. Yep, looking forward to that. That'll be my first event with those guys, our new dealer for me. Yep, I'll be there. And uh, it's always a fun time to just work at Beach and get to know the people you're working with. Because otherwise you see them in the store, but you know when you're actually there and able to engage in customers, like that's when you really can, I don't know, I feel like move the needle with the shop. So I'm looking forward to that. And then Tumalo Creek's got a demo day coming up here in Bend, so I'll be here for that. And then, I mean, we've got a ultralight demo day down in Lodi. Right. And Nick's going to that with Eddie Line and Stellar. So yep. it's just that kind of time of year. And then uh, come July, we've got ICAST going on. Then we've got the paddle sports show in Utah, uh, the big gear show. So, yeah, I mean, things are moving fast around here this season. Yeah, so big gear show iCast. You know, I think what you're going to see here going into the uh, future is that actually there will be a lot of new products. Um, I think there were a lot of projects going into the pandemic that were like, we got to put these on hold and just build, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I know, I think these shows, I think the companies now will have 
it's time to bring the ideas out a little bit and you'll see some new things. And I think there will be some things that really stay the same and lock in too, of course. But, and if it's not this year, maybe even mid release next spring, you know, if it's not released told about now, you'll start to see some things. And I think you're going to see projects being worked on. Companies are looking at their, uh, at, at, you know, different paddling companies are saying, how can we improve, improve upon this and deliver more value or possibly get the cost down? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's happening right now. I mean, I look at what Crescent Kayaks is doing with their new Sholey. Like mm -hmm. they took the profits from the past few years and invested on like, a pretty serious project, you know, uh, totally reimagined river fishing kayak. Like it's just sort of a niche of a niche. And, uh, you know, they went all in on it and pretty cool to see some innovation like that. And then I, I also have a liquid logic. Uh, they came out with a new line of wreck boats. Um, single sit inside 11 foot in a 12 foot Saluda and I mean, pretty cool to see. I mean, we haven't seen new stuff like that from them in a while. So right. to see them refocused, um, very cool. You know, they had so much going on, but, and they were maxed out of capacity, but I think they were also bringing in a little bit of money. So they wanted to keep that energy rolling. Yeah, no, we're definitely, I, uh, I know lifetime made is, has a like self bailing sit on top or venture, like a valve sit on top that you can put uh -huh. a, co a cockpit on oh, cool. and, and, and it's been done once before, but I saw the version, you know, seen the early versions of it. And it's very, you know, that's cool concept. Um, you know, those folks over at swell are doing, you know, building yeah. a factory in Iowa. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of new stuff going on. It's yeah. pretty exciting times. Yeah. Didn't you're right. Like using some of the, using some of the profits. Well, I know you're going to see more of it. So that'll be excited to go to these trade shows and you, check out. You know, I have a question I wanted to run by and we can do it here on the, on the show. I think, what do you think about more and more companies that are doing a direct consumer model? Um, I bring this up because I noticed, well, a couple of things, waterways is popping up. We have a waterways now in Asheville, North Carolina, Inglewood, Florida, and a new one just opened in Austin, Texas. And basically what that is, is like a, concept store for feel free three waters johnny's um all the kayaks displayed in one place the entire line you know because a lot of times dealers will pick and choose right but when you have your own store you can really display your stuff so say it's like a a trek mountain bike concept store or you know who else i saw uh lifetime i saw a real yeah. and they're doing uh their own lifetime store where you can pick up your kayak so i don't know you're seeing it more and more as like um these companies kind of have to ensure their uh, customer base or ensure their own destiny, I guess. And there's an, well, that, and there's an idea of like, we can present this in a really, the way that we want to see it presented with the staff trained in a manner, you know, like just visually. So it almost yeah. becomes a showroom too for the dealers as well. And I mean, that's being done in other categories, right? Uh, Columbia stores, you know, a mountain hardware, like in Portland, um, you know, in other categories, bikes, you know, there's a little bit of that in bike and, and you know, Pearl Zumi had there, like there's shops that had, in, uh, well, Trek, that, Trek yeah. and Specialized both do a really right. good job of it. Right. So, and then certainly on the web, you know, one of the, from hard, from hard boats and the board companies were the first to really go at it heavy. Like when SUP came out, it was like, there was, it wasn't even a conversation. Of course we're selling hard boards on our website, right? Almost every one of them. Totally. Did and, it. and and if they did it dealer only program it would last a year and then they'd go back to selling direct or they did both and some just still bid both and were on uh not unapologetic about it for and sure. that was the first time where it was unapologetic yeah, about it right and for the kayak you know the majors none of them did that none of the kayak companies did and it was almost like you'd hear like you know it was it was if one did it in the kayak thing, they were frowned upon by the other ones as being kind of like hucksters, like garage sale right. hucksters. And like, so, you yes, know, definitely against or, the status quo. Yeah. Or that they needed to do it because they were in a position that they had to. Now it's just like, of course we would do that. It's the high profit center. Um, and marketing is going to heavily push toward it too. We're, we're not going to even try to, you know, the ones that did it would almost try to hide it. Like, oh yeah, we do that on our site, but we don't sell it. Now it's like straight up marketing, including blems, you know, in kayaking, like if a manufactured blems are being presented directly. And um, I understand it. And I think it's just being done on all sorts of different things and everything's changed. I mean, yeah. you know, well, it, yeah. The other thing that's changed is freight, you know, 
there may be people selling like waterways they sell direct but they're not shipping their stuff all over the country they don't ship anything people can to come the West get Coast. it little regional headquarters to yeah get shipping's stuff. so expensive it's really really hard for those people i mean ack went out of business yeah the people that relied super heavy on freight um they're struggling right now and so it's sort of a, a local distribution model you have to have these hubs and that's what they're thinking what that the waterways will serve as is hubs from for other dealers to come pull from you know, honestly, we sort of like the idea we had in Lodi, where Headwaters was the distribution hub for Feel Free, but we were also the main retailer. And doing that, we kind of set up a, like an example of you walked into the shop, you're like, here's what you can do with the line. Everything's laid out. It's well displayed. We have the accessories. And so I would bring other shops into my shop and say, here's how we do it. And here's what it could look like. And then they would go, you know, kind of replicate that because they saw the success well here's what i think about it is a dip of the beak like <laughs> i you know i think then i would be much more in favor of it i have a couple thoughts about it if as a rep for that brand while they're doing direct to consumer is that i had a coupon code a stack of cards that had coupon codes that referenced me exactly and in my work and travels and i can in socials i can push that out and if people buy direct from the vendor whether it's soft goods or boats in your case i get a little dip of the beak i'm part of the team but to juxtapose, you're making they literally in this next sentence say this is the highest margin part. Of course we would do that. Well, great. Then you can afford to give Ethan a little dip of the beak because I'm out here traveling around with your stuff, and then I get back, you know, and then I see your marketing on my algorithm going after end users yeah. while I'm like trying to get a pulse for it. You're popping up, being like blem sale. Just get me as part of the game because I'm out here doing other parts of your business that are super important. And frankly, the retailers, if products are sold off that D2C into a retail market, there has to be a reach out to your regional dealers in the area and show people there's a demand for these items. People are buying them. Like we'd love to have you have totally. them in, you know, so sharing the data amongst your retail partners. Cause that's also kind of a dip of the beak And those two things. If someone would do, it'd be great. And third, if you went direct to consumer hard as a vendor, manufacturer, but then turned to your retailers and said, but we don't supply Amazon direct at all. We don't, you know, there's different ways to sell on Amazon. You can be a sell, uh, a third-party seller. So a lot of retailers like shoe retailers will sell a shoe brand, but shoe brands can also just sell direct to Amazon. And it's way more powerful. They get the buy box every time and Amazon owns that portion of the business um, unless you have like little tricks to do it. So if a vendor said, we're going D to C for sure and we're going to market it, but we will not sell direct to Amazon, you should find a different retail partner that can be a third party seller and kind of handle that for us. Yeah. We'll provide them the content, the great imagery. They have to honor these terms and they also can't do it for free. There should be a contract held on those people that get that you know, golden goose of an exclusive business or relatively exclusive, you're our player on Amazon. I think it could be done by SKUs. Those players on Amazon that have, you're the SKU for this life jacket and consequently you are, you have advertising requirements and maybe even additional content requirements. Like we really want to see you put out a product marketing on that stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's how I think the that's whole thing. That's a cool win-win. Uh, th those are the win-wins for all of that. Rep yeah. gets a little dip of the beak. The retailer gets the data and opportunities to be exclusive sellers on Amazon. The manufacturer gets high margins and ways to roll out their product, whether it's in a storefront like Waterways mm -hmm. um, or um, online. That's there's, and then their brand's being represented in the best light because they can control that story a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. There's all sorts of benefits to the D2C. Also, they come up with really great content consequently because they're now on the team of sharing it digitally. That benefits all the retailers, more lifestyle sure. images, generally videos. Yeah, exactly. It's like the rising tide's always going to float all ships. And then let guys like Dan do your videos. Have <laughs> also like a video, you know, you have your little in-house talking head over the product maybe. Make that thing short, please. Like he's yeah. That, you can make them really simple. People aren't going to watch in that detail. They're going to find somebody else. And then find some like reviewer style like Dan to give you like a somewhat impartial and impassioned review of your product in use on water. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really excited about doing that. Like I personally love to test different things. So if people send me stuff, I mean, I'm going to do my best to get in and check it out and see what it's all about. 
Um, you'd be surprised though. Like it's, I, and I think that's what, you know, reps have converted a little bit more into as part of that marketing machine. You, you have know, to and, and be I, a part I enjoy of the that marketing. part of it. It's so cool. Cause you get also just like back to the original beginning of the conversation, that audience return, that audience, like if you're part of the marketing and getting the message out digitally as a rep, it's that same kind of thrill you have of getting that feedback from the audience that we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, I agree with you. It's a very similar feeling. And I think it's going to be more and more an important role um, as much as social media can. I mean, that could be a podcast in and of itself, um, whether it's positive or negative. But whatever it is, it's here to stay. So if you want to be part of the conversation, um, it's part of where you got to be, you know, whether through, you, you know, YouTube or Instagram or my two mediums that I like to use. But you got to be willing to communicate with people in that way if you want to, um, I don't know, have a voice. And build the community. And build a community and a rallying point. So, well, God, we went everywhere from uh, feces, dog breath, dogs <laughs> to uh, like some, uh, you know, talking about. Um, yeah, some in depth business concepts. Yeah. There that I, I really appreciate you talking that D2C thing. That's a really interesting, you know, and I just. Um, well, it's happening on, yeah. on multiple fronts and uh, we're seeing it. So I think it's a good conversation to have. You know, to hear your perspective of some of the win-wins you propose, it could be really, uh, it's important that we have these conversations, I think. Well, I agree with me, and uh, <laughs> this was great. No. Uh, great. Hey, man, great hangout. Always a pleasure, man. Uh, cool. Well, until next time, everybody, happy paddling. This is uh, Ethan and uh, Dan Arbuckle. Take care. Signing off. <laughs>